Hello and welcome back to the Villa Villa podcast. I'm here as always with my good friend Dan Wiseman and it feels good to say that today, especially Dan, as Aston Villa have just beaten Everton 2-1 away from home. First of all, how are you doing, mate? Ah, mate, mate, that beaming smile is back on my face that only comes on we're Aston Villa winning game and I can hop on this podcast with you and talk through it, mate. Wow, this one felt really, really good. Um, I'm sure we're going to go into great detail about how we did that and how different it has been. It feels like we've evolved in the last few weeks. It got better in the West Brom games. There were still some fours, it got better. And today it was best and and we really showed that progression through the weeks. Um, And, mate, I felt like the lads have really answered some critics out there tonight. And, um, oh man, it just feels so good, doesn't it? It does. It's an overall team performance, which I think we can really be proud of. And I don't want to get too carried away and think, oh, you know, with it, it's amazing. It's this, it's that. Of course it is. But the the sort of the, the structure of this was very much there in the West Brom game. And I've seen a lot of people criticise the performance against West Brom. I thought we were fantastic, to be honest, against West Brom. And we've taken a few pelters for, for saying things like that in the comments of the last podcast, Dan, but it, it was very much that sort of attacking approach. It wasn't as, as heavily dictated by Villa in this game, which the statistics will kind of lend themselves to, which we will, of course, get onto later on in the podcast, Dan. But this was, uh, I think the word to, to use is valiant. It was a valiant team performance. It mm-hmm. was a game which I think Villa uh, never necessarily controlled in the midfield, which is maybe a slight criticism, but Villa managed to assert their dominance uh, just by the sheer amount of chances that they created and, and, and clear-cut chances as well. And, of course, that will lead into the XG, which we get onto later in the podcast. You guys know the format by now. But Villa really dictated this game by creating big chances and actually having Everton on the back foot on many opportunities. And, of course, that lent the Everton and their game to kind of counter-attack Villa uh, as, as the game went on. But, of course, there are a few heart-in-mouth moments. You've got the Calvert-Lewin header which Emmy saves which was of course offside there was a few moments like that uh, where I think Tyrone heads the ball backwards where you're thinking oh god let's not let uh, let this undo the hard work that we've seen so far but for Villa to go and create as many chances as they did Dan 13 attempts on goal 11 from open play against the side like Everton who are firmly trying to get into that European football uh, positions they're in the upper echelons of the table where we had been for so long of the season uh, it's really impressive win this time, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, mate. And it felt really important to both teams that they went out and got this result tonight. You know, you look at Everton's recent form. Uh, they had that run of five league matches without a victory between, uh, I think it was 8th of March and uh, the 16th of April. They then snapped that with that uh, 1-0 win in Arsenal in their last game. And it felt like with them desperately that race despite in the top four which it looks on for good points of the season uh, has finally stepped away and they're now doing battle for that Europa League spot that poor run of form has, has sort of sent them slipping away and for Villa we all know the tough run of form that we've been on recently it did feel like I think you're right in saying that there was a lot to take out of the West Brom game but the fact that we didn't get the result meant that I think the Villa boys had still something to prove because the performance was there we just didn't get the result that we needed to and I feel like both sides went into this game looking to snap an unwanted run of form. And Everton's, look, I know Everton haven't been great at home this season. This is something I touched on at my 
in a preview they've collected only 19 points from their 16 matches in the uh in the prem at home this season um they've actually lost seven of those 16 so they've lost, lost almost half of the games that they're playing at home and we all know we know all about home struggles don't we mate um but it felt really important for both sides it felt a bit of a grudge match i always enjoy playing everton i don't know what it is i think it's, i don't know if it's the fact it's like you know fabled the most played fixture uh, in English league football history or, or whatever it is. I always enjoy going to Goodison. It feels like a, a battle between two really proper founding members of the football league, up two true traditional English clubs. And it's a game I always look forward to. And I felt the Villa boys really rose to that occasion. I thought the midfield was looked sturdy and tough. And I felt like we had a better grip on Everton's midfield, which is a very, very talented one. I think we have to say, I think we would, um, Hammers getting injured helped us. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Not having played that 90, it definitely helped the Villa boys. But, you know, I thought the defence was solid. And I thought the Villa boys had a tenacity and a bit of bite about them. And even with not much to play for as we close out this season, I felt like the Villa boys really left it all out there tonight. And I feel like that's what's been lacking in, in perhaps in recent games, Danny, is that desire to go out and bite for every point and scrap. Like, it still means something. And, and, and tonight we did that. And I think it was just because we were playing for some pride, trying to snap a bad run of form and... um the goals that we scored, especially Ollie's, really reflected that tenacity and that bite, didn't it? It did. And Ollie's goal is wonderful. And I think the only downside of the goal is Ollie's having to create these chances for himself, Dan, which is kind mm. of sad. Jack Grealish isn't in the side, had a scan. Apparently, it was good news from Dean Smith's press conference. But the goal, the goal actually just sums up Villa and Ollie both perfectly at the same time. Ollie's created that chance for himself. He's gone, he's scored, which is absolutely fantastic. But it's the fact he's had to do it himself. Nevertheless, Villa did create plenty of chances throughout this game, Dan. And to refer back to that tenacity, John McGinn, most tacklers in the game, five. Uh, you know, the top five tacklers throughout this game. Uh, it's dominated by midfielders. You've got Alan, Fabian, Delph, uh, who only made uh, about 20, played 20 minutes of football, made three tackles. Uh, which was the same amount as Douglas Luiz, the same amount of tackles as Allen, same amount of tackles as Matt Target. Uh, and actually, I think what we saw today, Dan, we saw a, uh, I think, you know, when I'm referring to Villa not necessarily having a, a, a grip and a control on the midfield in, in terms of sort of dictating the play, which you don't really expect away from home anyway, if we can even say that in, you know, the Barclays Premier League in 2021. Uh, but John McGinn was actually further up the pitch. And I didn't think it was necessarily his best game, but... He found himself in positions where he could, uh, you know, trigger the press onto the Everton midfielders. He's finding spaces. He's causing problems. And again, leading in terms of tackles from both sets of players, uh, which is really important. And again, we have to address the elephant in the room, Dan. Ross Barkley, very good game yes. by Ross Barkley. Let's talk it, mate. Let's talk it. Tops the who scored ratings for Villa's players during this game with a 7.8, only 0.1 off a Luca Dean, who is uh, who scored's highest Rated player from today matches Ollie Watkins. Uh, Ross Barkley was was really good today, and there were there were a handful of instances again where I think decision making could have been better. Uh, there was an instance, if I remember correctly, in the first half where he absolutely should have played uh, Ollie down the right, ends up playing it out to Amwar, I believe, uh, and then there was another one uh, takes a shot on with his left foot. Again, can't really blame him too much considering uh, you know it's against his former club. He certainly wanted to get one over but we saw a much more confident Ross Barkley again who we referred to in the last podcast Dan Barkley didn't have a bad game against West Brom did he it's good to see this is you know it's very much too little too late 
but it's good to see that uh, you know he, he's feeling inspired in recent weeks, I guess. Mate, it's no surprise that two of Vela's best attacking performances in recent months have come as a result of Ross Barkley's form improving. And look, I do think that ship, that ship for Villa has perhaps sailed. I'm not going to say completely, but I think that there's every chance that the performances for the majority of the season, as we all know, have been substandard. Yeah. But he's still playing for himself. Like he's, this, I don't think he's going to go back and play for that Chelsea side. And I think Russ will know that even if that move isn't coming to Villa, that move has to go somewhere. You know, because yeah. Chelsea are now you know, the streets ahead. They're looking for for players who are from completely different talent pools, often from completely different countries. You know, and so I don't think this move for Villa is on. But he'll know that he'll he'll need to move somewhere, and so he's playing ultimately to show that he's still got a move in him. And and whatever his motivating factors are, he needs to keep it up, man. Because if he can close out this season and play like the player that we know he is, let's face it. We know that Ross Barkley isn't a bad player. He just hasn't been playing well. We've seen it. And I was re- I was really willing that shot into the bottom corner in the first half. Smacks the beans. And, and that was really unlucky because I don't know if it was the fact it was against Everton, whether it was his former club, whatever it was. He he looked like he was showing signs of getting back to his best. And, and look, as I said, mate, is that when Jack's out, we need to share that creative burden. I saw a, a crazy stat. For, uh, from who scored the other day, mate. And it was saying that in terms of short key passes made, Jack's made 71 this season. And he's still the top of the league in that metric. And he's missed 10 games. So Jeez. it's like the creative powerhouse that Jack is, the amount that he does for that team, it's hard to share out that workload. But I think Ross has really stepped up in recent games. And Villa fans aren't going to want to give him the credit for that. But I, I think we need to, to be honest, mate. Absolutely. And, you know, where there's credit, there's criticism, not for Ross, but for Villa. Villa have to do better at set pieces, Dan, overall. Shocking to concede that goal from a set play. Not quite sure. Uh, I mean, you can talk me through this, Dan, being a goalkeeper. I'm not really sure what Emmy was going for with that one. And unfortunate tie doesn't get enough on it. I feel like, because uh, the ball kind of, it bounces off his knee, then off his arm, but of course it's over the line. And if it wasn't for the momentum of Ty trying to get himself on the line, that kind of stuff, Maybe it manages to bounce out. I don't know. Uh, over over an, an analysis there. But Villa don't look like scoring from set pieces in which we had a handful in form of corners, free kicks throughout this game. Uh, and you have to defend that one better. One thing you absolutely can't take away, though, is the technique from Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Absolutely fantastic. Does well to really squeeze that one in. Uh, you know, when I say that, gritting my teeth because he shouldn't squeeze it in. But it's a fantastic technique. Yeah, he, he is, mate, and he's so dangerous in the air. And look, we have to, um, we, we must have recognised that because that's a, a large proportion of where uh, DCL's goals come from this season is through set pieces, uh, through his head, sorry. And, and I mean, Jack set one up for England. I mean, we should know more than most that he's so dangerous with these headers. Um, and it's annoying that that's happened, but. Look, he's a player. That's his twentieth league, uh, 20th goal this season. He's been in fantastic form. It's what he does best. It was a little annoying the situation that it's came from. It's annoying that you know I don't want to, to cast a negative light on this performance at all. To be honest with you, Dan, mate, but that clean sheet record that we were starting to build up through the season looks a long way away now. It's been it's been a long time since we started to um, pick up those clean sheets. And um, that will, you know, perhaps in the coming days, once the, the initial joy wears off, that will be a, a place to improve on for these Villa lads. But I think it, it was frustrating, but we showed 
uh, that resilience that I was talking about earlier to, to come back from that to especially from a step back being pegged back yet again having taken the lead and I think was a little bit frustrating. It's a shame, you know, Emmy didn't exactly cover himself in glory in the last game, the West Brom game either. And I'm sure he'll be, uh, he'll be thinking about that one tonight. But, you know, as I said, mate, it's hard, it's hard to be too picky with this one, isn't it? Absolutely. And one thing we have to be thankful for, Dan, is Villa players who we have championed on the podcast for years, doing the most to absolutely drag this up your recommended page right now for you guys. Anwar El Ghazi, take Bow, son, what a goal. And I think it's kind of the frustrating thing about Amar is he's so predictable. But of the, you know, 99% of the, t- the chances where he kind of comes inside, opens his body, tries to bend it top corner, it doesn't go in. But that 1%, that one time it goes in, Dan, it feels so good. The thing is with the goal, mate, is that I urge all Villa fans to go and watch this back because the way that the goal is created is just as good as the finish. Now, I'm going to heap praise on Anwar in just a second, but you watch the goal and I think it's um, Everton have the ball on the left-hand side is, is Luca Dinu and they go to play it forward and Douglas intercepts this pass and the way that we move the ball then through the midfield, it's a really nice one-touch move, Bertrand McGinner in goal, Bertrand then shifts it up wide to Anwar who's squaring up Seamus Coleman, who's such a seasoned defender. I mean, how many times, how many wingers does Seamus Coleman come into one-on-one situations with and he still comes out on top? That's why he's still playing the Premier League. But Amwar keeps him guessing. And when he shifts that ball just slightly inside with his right foot, he's got such a short back lift to get get that shot off, bend it around Jordan Pickford. And look, the right of Dan Ronaldo... We love him, Dan, but we know more than anyone. He's he can be sometimes a one in a hundred type player. But the one thing you will always back Amor for is that one in a hundred. Is that you will never be too disgruntled with him trying shots from that range, with him trying something that's a little bit more audacious than other Villa players would, because we know he's got it in the locker. We know that he can do that. And yeah, as you say, mate, it doesn't always come off. It doesn't for any player. You know, if there's a player in world football that's comfortable pulling up from 20 yards every time and bending it all the way to the bank, tell me who he is because I'd like him on our <laughs> payroll. But Amwar does it with enough consistency for me to be comfortable in him taking on those opportunities. And look, that's his eighth league goal of the season now. And he's really stepping up in big key moments. And I think with Villa... A lot of Villa fans are looking at wingers this next transfer window. I think a lot of Villa fans have seemingly picked that out as a weak point in the Villa side. But I think the two lads that started today, I don't, he didn't get a goal, but I thought Bertie had a very good game. It's almost as if he saw a certain someone get a certain shirt and hang it up on the back of a certain podcast, maybe. But he maybe. stepped up tonight too, man. And, and uh, both the guys on the flanks deserve huge praise from me, because, uh, especially Amar, because, you know, as you say, mate, Rodan Ronaldo does the most. He does, man. And listen, Amar... Is within the top eight percentile of wingers uh, for uh, total amount of shots within uh, 90 minutes of football. He's averaging about 3.1, which is, again, you know, there's no risk without reward. You've got to be creating them chances to score the goals. So, yeah, you absolutely have to give him credit. And he loves a goal against Everton. Three and three. Yes, very, very true, very true. What a guy. Um, again, it, it feels good because, you know, a lot of these players... Uh, they get written off so easily and, you know, we're guilty of ourselves down at times. Um, but Amar El Ghazi is, for me, cult hero. Absolutely love him. And it's early on in the season, the, the, the story of, of Villa's season is 
uh, it's quite funny, actually, because we've gone from being one of the most consistently solid teams able to defend a 1-0 lead. Uh, You know, you you would bet your mortgage on Villa keeping a clean sheet more often than not, seeing a game out, doing the dirty work. Things haven't quite ended up being that way for Villa. Things have changed, obviously, in recent games. You know, we saw against West Brom, weren't able to keep the lead, lasted only 11 minutes. Uh, And, you know, here we are. We've managed to get ourselves back in this game late on, stay in the game as well. Uh, So you've got to give a lot of credit to the team performance. You've got to give a lot of credit to Dean and the coaching staff. Can't be too critical of the late changes today, despite Keenan deserving better. But, Dan, this is a fantastic performance. It really is. There's so much to be happy about. And we could genuinely sit here and talk about this all night. But, Dan, we have to go into the XG before we round this up because you have some important work to do, my friend. Now, it's again, XG, if you're new to the podcast, I love it. I'm, I'm making Dan love it. Dan's warming to XG, which, uh, which makes me happy. Yeah, um, before, we, before we get into that, though, I'm actually kind of shocked to see Everton had 16 attempts, 14 from open play uh, against us. It didn't feel like they had that many, but I, I guess kind of late on that the, there were a few more chances being created in the second half. But the XG today, 1.32 for Everton compared to Aston Villa's 1.84. Very good value for a 2-1 win, Dan, I would say. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Look, it it's, feels good. It's coming at a good time. It's ended a bad run of form. And now, we, you know, we can really kick on as, as we close out the season. And, and look, it's been a very successful season. I feel like the last few months have put a somewhat sour taste in some people's mouths. So, you know, we've got some good ties. I mean, we've got Everton in, in what, 12 days? That is on the 13th of May. So it's like 12 days until we play these guys again. So there's some good opportunities for some wins coming up. We've got two home games in a row now. So to bring it back to Villa Park to close out the season would be a would be real nice. And I think one thing that hasn't really been touched on enough is that we've got Morgan Sanson to come back as well. Hopefully we get to see him come back and play before the end of the season because to add him to this midfield dynamic would be nice. So um, yeah, I think with Jack potentially coming back, for that Man United game, you know, he's he's back in training. There's, there's rumours that that might be the one where he might be back in the fold. So um, it may just be looking rosy, mate. We can hope, mate. It's a tough end that we've got to this season. Obviously, Manchester United are next. You will see a preview from myself, given my five things Villa must do to beat this Manchester United side. Uh, we will probably wait till after the Europa League game, though, because, my God, what a game that was the other night against yes. Roma. Um But the less said about that for now, the better. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know in the comments down below. Let us know who your man of the match is as well. I think it's got to be El Ghazi. Purely for stepping up and uh, and just being the right of Dan Ronaldo, doing the absolute most. Amwa El Ghazi back in the goals. If you haven't, hit the like button, comment your thoughts on the man of the match and subscribe for more content. Up the villa.